You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. With me today is Alina Elkina. She's a friend of mine. And I've got to tell you, this is going to be one of the longer intros that I have on the show, but you are going to understand why in a minute. But Alina, thank you for joining me. Of course. Thank you, Priscilla. (laughs) Well, you are not going to believe all of the accomplishments (laughs) this gal has had. I feel really privileged to have um, just, you know, been able to call out and say, you know what, I'm missing something on my digital transformation success podcast. I need the piece of really how you drive businesses forward while protecting all of their information. We're going to talk today a little bit about that scary piece of digital transformation where people are looking for trusted advisors to make sure that they're in compliance and looking at logistics management and software um, issues and and how do we comply with laws and looking at the global scope of laws and how quickly laws are changing about digital um, uh, privacy and more. So, Elena, I'm going to give you um, a crazy run for your money today. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. This is a passion of mine and uh, I would love to share it with you. Great. Well, just so that people understand where she's coming from today, over the past decade, she has focused on creating enterprise level global privacy and data protection programs. So if you were already like sweating and thinking, you know, we want to be able to integrate um, more digital technology, but we're just afraid of the risk that we need to mitigate. This is going to be an amazing conversation for you. So she has developed and Im- implemented regulatory frameworks, risk gap assessments, maturity models, long-term roadmaps, and data protection policies, and so much more. And I know many, many years ago when GDPR came out, I wish I had been friends with you then. So, but just real quick before we dive into the whole show, uh, Alina is also a co-founder and a board member for Women's Security and Privacy, which is a nonprofit organization that aims to advance women in the privacy and security fields. And she serves on the advisory board of Stay Safe Online Privacy Day, where she educates and empowers our global digital society to use the internet safely and securely. So you, as you can imagine, she has a lot to offer us today. So Alina, tell me what is happening out in um, cybersecurity, data protection, It's a big subject, but what's kind of happening right now? What's hot and what's emerging? What are you hearing? 
Oh my God, that question. First of all, thank you so much. And thank you for, for your kind words. And uh, uh, what's happening in the world, this is can be just one question, a full discussion for hours. <laughs> um, but I think oh, I would talk about uh, from the perspective of our clients and the work we do at Alita Consulting is that uh, data privacy regulations are popping up like mushrooms around the country and around the globe. So majority of companies nowadays struggle and I want to highlight the word struggle because it is a challenge that now applies to pretty much every organization, every company. It used to be more global, international presence companies. Now it doesn't matter. It can be a mom and pop shop because nowadays, especially with COVID, most companies went digital. And if you're not digital, you're not in existence. So that's the challenge that I'm seeing. And of course, the challenge is just a sprinkle on the cake. Um, the challenges have so many different angles. Um, the global enterprises have one type of challenge. The smaller companies have another challenge. And it all relates to how can I serve community? How can I serve my clients? How can I advance the business? How can I make a living? Mm. And um, and it's a challenging uh challenging issue to to deal with um that's my life <laughs> <laughs> well your life kind of scares me to be really <laughs> honest with you because as a business owner yeah we know we have to be in digital it's not it's not the past it's not the now I'm, I'm sorry it's not like the present the future you know it is the past like you had to have gone digital years ago right but a lot of us weren't sure how to grapple with some of those needs that we have so let's start with some of that kind of basic thing about you know everything being in the cloud and what business owners just at the ground level have to be thinking about in terms of maintaining security and and, and holding privacy? Well, I always think that um, kind of like maybe I will start with thinking about privacy used to be, and, and I'm kind of like separating privacy and information security slightly, although the grind, the, the border between those two um, industries are getting, you know, blurry and blurry. It used to be two separate things like 20, 25 years ago. Um, and then it became two sides of the same coin. And now I think a lot of matters are being blended and it became kind of like data protection, right? So that's why that's the term commonly used and many privacy regulation address, not only privacy and data rights and data protection as well. And and I think, but I still want to separate privacy and security in some areas. And when, when we talk about privacy, um, it used to be a compliance check mark. And I think this is the challenge where security, I think, is a little bit ahead of the game. Um, so compliant privacy still look like it's a compliance check mark. It's something that we have to do as an obstacle, as an obligation. And it hasn't been seen as a business opportunity, as a digital currency that we should build on to attract new clients, to develop business, to increase our PR. Um, our profile in, in, in the society. So I think many companies are not taking advantage of it to, to present their story and how they do business. And I think that just basic mindset is a challenge. Um, but if I have to dive, put my compliance hat now, <laughs> because that's the beauty of what I do. I wear many hats and I never know what it is. I can be a project manager. I can be a compliance. I, I should be a regulator in some ways, thinking about my clients and the needs and how the regulators might think and enforcement actions. And then I am a 
user experience, designing consent and how the privacy notice should look so it's easy to understand and follow when I'm writing the language so it can be understood by a six to eight grade person because that's, you know, how regulations require you to write those notices. Um, so the, the one of the biggest thing right now is to really understand what it is you have, um, what data you have in the company. And it's one of the things that, it's a big struggle with company, companies right now have small and big, really understanding what data you have, because without it, you cannot move to the next steps of complying with regulations, checking that check mark, a uh, compliance check mark, but also taking advantage of it and really telling your customers, your partners, your prospective customers, what you're going to do. Nothing can be done without it. And I know so many companies who think about really that exercise of understanding their own data, it's like pulling their hair and I don't blame them. It's like eating an elephant and you have to do it one piece at a time. And it's a challenge and it's not a brain surgery. It does take time, but it's like a puzzle, 10,000 pieces puzzle, putting it at the same time is impossible, just step-by-step. And um, I think that's one of the things I always, you know, when I start talking about privacy, I always say, well, tell me what you have. What are you dealing with? Do you have simple question like, are we talking about sensitive data like social security number, biometrics, uh, or like geolocation, precise geolocation? Or are we talking about, I don't know, something like uh, IP address, uh, phone number, email address? So just getting the general women's sense, um, it, it helps me. But very often and still very often companies don't have that understanding of what data they have. And everything else becomes a problem. That's mm. it. Basic hygiene, it's like a skeleton. How much does your past experience as uh, uh, in, a, in your legal career actually inform the way you approach yeah. some of this stuff? Because I know that you worked with financial and healthcare institutions, and I know you did a lot of work on the Internet of Things and really managing some logistics around how things were set up. But I'm kind of thinking that, you probably had almost like a compliance legal uh, hat on at that time. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I think majority of privacy professionals came from a legal field. And that's why very often it still kind of sits in the legal, which I think is incorrect. And I have very strong opinion about it. I think privacy is so much more than legal. Legal will play a big role in every risk area. Includes privacy, includes sales, includes marketing, includes everything, but it's not legal. It's a very own area, like every other business area, and should not be perceived as strictly legal. Legal will be part of it, part of decision making process, part of mitigating risk, part of addressing compliance, but that's everything else. Uh, but privacy is so much more, and it definitely helped me. And I think that's naturally, I was really attracted to technology. When the, you know, I graduated from law school in, oh my God, when it was 2000. Um, and, um, and then kind of like really was attracted when IP boom happened. I was attracted to IP. And that's when I started my career. I was doing intellectual property and then got into confidentiality piece because we were doing a lot of transaction and acquiring piece of technology and looking at the data and assets. And that's when I started doing my first like data inventory that every company is required to do nowadays. And, and then slowly I, was managing privacy um, aspect of a financial institution for years. And I thought it was so boring. There was no innovation. 
that was literally very boring check mark for compliance and regulatory requirements and I couldn't take it. And then I think the digital transformation really helped me to find the fun in, in the area. And now privacy is part of every team, every business, uh, not just healthcare, not just financial industry, not just kids' data, children's data, or student data. Like privacy is very industry specific in the US. It's not like European Union when it's a fundamental right, basic right of individual. It's still very fragmented in the US, it's changing. Hopefully, we'll have a federal regulation soon, but so far, it's still very fragmented. And uh, so going back to your question, sorry, I kind of like... uh, (laughs) That's okay. I am so fascinated right now. (laughs) (laughs) It it definitely helped me to to understand the legal risk, but I also feel that it also prevented me to become, to take longer to become an expert. Because right now, for example, I'll tell you when we're hiring we're looking for non-lawyers. We're looking for people who understand data, who are data geeks, who get the technology piece, who can bridge technology to a regular person because that's what it is. We work with different databases, assets, understanding how cookies and compliance work, how website mobile apps interact, how APIs are connecting to each other. So it, it's it's just, there is a lot of technology piece and being a lawyer, I always at that time, I always wish I wish I would have engineering background. I wish I would have data analytics expertise. Nowadays, it's like with experience, with hands-on training uh, for years. I've been doing privacy for over 15 years. Um, it really helped me. Um, but uh, I would say there is a benefit of coming from a legal background. Um, and uh, there are also uh, shortcomings that I, I had to... Uh, solved during my career mm-hmm. and and I think this is the beauty of it you always continue growing every day you never stop and that's I think the beauty of this profession it never gets boring and uh there are going to be situations you don't know anything about and you have to learn as everyone else and that makes it fun well you said I, I've got a good question for you but you said something mm-hmm. earlier that really piqued my interest and in that you said one interesting thing about privacy correct me if I'm wrong is that where you get really more joy is when people see it as a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so yes. tell me more about that. Cause that really intrigued me. Oh, um, I think there's an enormous opportunities for companies to build on privacy. And I'll give you a very simple illustration using my own experience. Um, so I'm very fascinated how healthcare can be advanced. Um, I'm not from this country. I immigrated um, 24 years ago. And um, I live in different countries in the world. And I always felt like the United States is very behind um, on healthcare. It says lies, but when it comes to preventive basic healthcare and what I can do to support and maintain my health so I don't have to prescribe myself drugs. So I, I, I feel like United States fails. So I'm always for innovative ways of preventing something and being proactive. So when 23andMe when like years ago, I was super excited about it. And I'm always interested about stories, um, not what people do, but why, because I feel like why is the key for me. That's how people succeed because what can change, but the why can be the driver that will keep them going. So, and the founder was, you know, it, it's a very unfortunate situation in her life who created the company to really help the industry because she struggled with your family. 
and it really affected her. So for me, when I go to the doctor, I don't want to share anything about my health because I know it's all for insurance, for records, who knows how it's going to be used against me. It's my legal mind working. But when I went to 23andMe, their policies are so well written. They clearly explain to me if I want to give my consent for research and how it's going to be used or what type of research. If I don't want to do it, I can give it for something else. And I thought, wow, so I can really play a big role in shaping the healthcare, the future of healthcare. So for me, I just felt like empowered. I was like, yeah, I want to help. Somewhere I was a little bit more conservative, but I felt it was a really big, um, like an example where I'm sharing the most sensitive information anyone can have. My DNA, it's everything. It's mm. scary if you think about it with the company because I was told how it's used, why it's being used like this and how I can benefit and um, and that's the basic thing. I feel like if every company would take a little bit of lesson from this example, and it's just only one, there are many companies who do it very well. I think our world will be much better place. And I know these are big words, but I think privacy is uh, is a very important component that business can tell their stories, tell their why, why they're doing something, but also be very open and transparent with customers with partners what are we trying to accomplish yes we do need your data and we might need a lot but you have options you can do this you can do that you also have rights here's your rights here's an easy way to exercise your rights and also here's the opportunities um and and i think um businesses really can build on it it can be a natural zero kind of data where customers give you data consent to you uh for you to use the data um, that's like the best case scenario versus trying to search for data, buy the data, you know, do some other ways of data collection. I mean, use, utilize some other data collection practices. I think zero data, data directly received from customers or prospective customers, a way to go. And I think being transparent and honest and um, and simple in a way how you describe your services is, is, is the way to go. And that's what basic privacy requirements are, right. transparency. How often do you feel like you're talking with uh, with clients of yours and you're trying to get them to understand that, that it's not just a scary thing. It's not just how you're protecting yourself, but it's how you're, you know, finding a business opportunity like that. I think people might be really shy. You think about how we all got kind of traumatized. If you think about the Facebook, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm not trying to pick on them so much except, except for that it was huge. And it also was a huge wake up call to the general population saying, are you sure, you know, uh, you know, are you sure what you're giving away? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then to the business community is, are you sure you're actually taking care of what we give away? <laughs> it, 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 you know, so how often are you kind of second middle where people are still reeling from the trauma of that and so afraid that their company is going to get in trouble where they can't really move on to some of these beautiful opportunities? I would say it's um, getting better, uh, which is wonderful. And getting better, I think, from one standpoint, there are more and more companies right now becoming aware of all these requirements, bringing more privacy aware stuff internally or externally to help them um, handle those um, regulatory requirements. And uh, from the our general world, I think there are more and more people uh, excited to become privacy experts. And it's the passion that drives them, not really the financial benefit uh, of like earning high income 
um, but actually just because they're very passionate about shaping the industry. That's an amazing uh, opportunity right now for everyone to, to contribute. Um, so there is a lot of passion and excitement happening on both sides. So when someone comes and starts building the program, it's a really exciting job. It's like an engineer, lawyer. Uh, but also, I think finally, the business side people finally feel understood. Because typically when you're working with a risk person, compliance or legal person, they view you as an obstacle. Oh, you came here to tell me what to do. Oh, again, you, I can't avoid you in the hallway anymore because we're on Zoom. So it's just something that I think business people always felt misunderstood. That's why I felt like the law is such a like reactive profession when I was practicing law. Um, And uh, becoming a privacy expert really made me more like a business person. I am a partner in crime in a way. Like I'm here (laughs) to do this together. Let's build solutions together. We will solve obstacles. And I think the business people are finally being heard because at least in our approach, when I was in house doing privacy work, uh, I was thinking, let's build something so you can do that. Isn't it exciting? So let's find a way together. And, and, And it's a different approach to compliance. Let's use it to sell us, our services, our brand, um, and advance us in the community, in the industry versus this is a compliance check mark. And I think all those three components, professionals who are excited to become privacy professionals to advance whatever it is, industry, the world, company, um, the business people being heard and thinking that I finally can do my job. And I feel like I have partners and, and just in general, more companies being aware that, well, we need to do that and we need to have budget and we need to have people. Uh, and, you know, actually it can be like a business expense, not overhead. So mm-hmm. I think all of it is helping. But are still situations where I'm like, I want to do minimum necessary and that's it. But very rare, I got to say. Mm-hmm. Last five years was a turning point. Yeah. You started at the very beginning saying how, you know, it used to be once upon a time, big businesses that had to think about this, but now you're talking about mom and pops. I mean, we, if you have a website, you know, now we've got laws coming around cookies, you know, these are going to disappear in, in 2023. And now you have to get privacy uh, agreements from people. And so everybody is having to deal with this. And I guess kind of a twofold question. First of all, what are some of the most common questions you're hearing right now? What is really you're like, oh, this nugget again, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I've answered this one a million times. What, what are you hearing? What's really common? And then I want to hear a little bit about what do you wish people would ask? They're not asking, but you're like, oh my gosh, here's actually what you should be asking me. <laughs> yeah. I think the general question nowadays, because small companies, big and small, didn't have to comply before. And they have to now, last few years. So the question is like, what do I have to do? to be compliant it's a very general question like i don't know anything i don't have resources dedicated to privacy or security like data protection uh very often not actually very often still i still have some organizations that don't have information security resource which is also a big problem um but usually i don't need i don't know what to do what do i need to do so that's a very general question and uh and i wish we would be more specific um and Turning to your next question is, people tend to think about, few, they miss the most important first steps. I'll give you an example. When, when someone comes to us and say, I need to update the website, 
oh, I need to uh, update the cookie notice. And, and they're just like, can you update it? And in order for me to update it, I really need to ask all these questions about data, how you collect it, where you store it, how you use it. And they usually like, no, 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 like, ah, I don't need to do this. And usually that's the typical, again, data inventory or records of processing under the European law, um, that it's typical first step to understand the risk and data, like what you have before you start getting there. Um, and and typically companies don't want to do it because it's a very time-consuming exercise and it does cost money, but they don't understand that they cannot move to the next steps. And if they do some type of patchwork, first of all, Instead of updating privacy notice, most of the time we will be updating all the knowledge that they should have collected or done the exercise to collect that knowledge. And we will be doing this and all of it will not be completely accurate for various reasons. And and that's the step I wish the company would not um, compromise. And majority of time, the moment companies feel that, oh, it's time consuming and expensive, we are not going to do it. We just want to update the notice. They don't understand that they cannot do it without or cannot do it well. Well, since you're the you know founder of uh, Alita Consulting, you get to choose that you don't have to work with people who don't want to do that, right? <laughs> yes, I'm a co-founder. I have two other wonderful partners. We actually also uh, co-founded alone other among other for women, uh, women in security and privacy. But yes, we're very lucky. We did have to fire a few clients, but we are lucky. During the course of how much, how many years I've been in business, six, seven, um, we've been very lucky with companies, very innovative, very pro-privacy. And that's why I'm saying, I think there is a shift in mentality in the culture, in the business. Uh, and we have from startups to Fortune 5 companies as our clients. So we have very small local, we have nonprofit organizations that we work with, we have just like some other organizations um, and, um, and, and of course, corporations. So, and it's just nice to walk and refreshing to work with someone who wants to do the right thing, but also do it in a way that is innovative, not just like one time thing, check and go. Um, well, I know that over the years too, as we've talked, I never feel stupid talking with you, but the, but there's so much that I don't know that you do all day long. And so to me, that's really refreshing because I find in, in my past, I've talked with people in IT or privacy or compliance, and they very much, you know, want to shut down the, um, the knowledge as opposed to opening it up. And my experience with you and your team is, is very, let's open it up. Let's see what's here. What, what could we, what do we really, what are we trying to accomplish? What's the spirit of this law and how could we make it even better? How could we over comply and yet get something better for the business? And I, I think that's such an interesting, uh, you know, approach, but you know, to thank you for your time, I do want to tell people about how you work on referral basis, because it is <laughs> unusual. You know, a lot of times people take all of their space on their website to talk about what they do and how good they are and all of that. Um, but you all just talk very quietly and nonchalantly saying, hey, maybe you know somebody who's struggling with these questions. Why don't you refer them to us? And we'll also help you a little bit in exchange for finding the next best client for us. And I think that's such a beautiful way to just start a relationship. And also for me, it, it means that in digital transformation, so many people are so worried. They just don't know what they don't know. And they're afraid to ask. And I feel like what you're doing is bringing down 
that, you know, uh, that fear and you're adding so much approachability. So tell, tell everybody about that. And you can find it at alita.co. It's A L E A da.co. And I, I just really want to give you that Alita because oh, I know you don't talk about it a lot, but I think it's a really wonderful approach. Yes. We, we don't really market ourselves. Our marketing approach is word of mouth um, because we've been doing privacy for a very long time. Our clients refer us to, to each other and uh, we work with our previous colleagues supporting. And we, I really believe in just like we're going to show how we work and you'll decide if we work of, you know, inviting us to another company to help others. Um, and uh, thank you so much. Actually, it, it's nice. We didn't talk about this at all. And <laughs> it was very sweet of you. Thank you, Priscilla. So yes, yeah. and in fact, maybe for your listeners, um, we will do two hours um, just, just for your listeners uh, on both sides. So if you would like to have a consultation, we can use it for your strategy discussion, for your compliance working session. If you have specific questions, you can bring them to us and we will dedicate two hours to you, whatever you want to discuss, solve, etc. And if you refer us to someone, um, the other one, also the other company will get also two hours just oh. just a special for Priscilla <laughs> I love it <laughs> um you know the thing is is that you know you and I are on stages frequently talking and I know that you know companies you know they they may be comfortable where they're at maybe they've been a national or a regional company and then all of a sudden they have opportunities for growth so I guess my last question to you is where are things going like that like you know, it, it, do you feel like that's what the hesitation is sometimes in business and growth is that they don't know what compliance and security and privacy issues they're going to stumble into in other areas? I know that, you know, you work in China, you work in Europe. I mean, you work across the whole globe. And so how often are you being asked questions like that? Look, we're good at this footprint, but how do we go to the next place? It's very often. Um, I think the challenge nowadays that I'm, I'm thinking that Privacy, unfortunately, is such a manual discipline. Uh, we need more technology. We need more digital transformation. And that's why I was particularly excited to talk to you about this because privacy is unfortunately is a very manual process and it needs more innovation because companies are inventing resources to reinvent the wheel all the time. Um, manual work, manual labor, data is increasing opportunities are increasing everyone is digital nowadays if not in cloud just 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 everything is virtual and the processes are manual and it's so hard to maintain it and do it again create a repeatable process that works well not only to support existing but also advancement expansion and innovation and it's not only for companies it's uh, the the entrepreneurs and the innovators they they kind of stuck too because compliance was never a good topic for VC for the funds right so if you're developing a tool until recently uh, we actually explored it a long time ago and we decided no because after talking to a few people we just realized that it's there's not much money in there like it's hard to get funds mm. um, and nowadays things are changing thank God so I'm I'm, I'm hoping one of the VCs are looking and in, into this and um, going to expand kind of their uh, funds to innovators and entrepreneurs who are trying to build solution, automated solution to help companies to manage data on both privacy and security. Um, and I think uh, 
that that obviously the growth in regulations is helping both sides to to support that. But I think it the manual aspect of privacy has been challenging and kind of a big roadblock. Mm, well, we want to see, yeah, yeah we want to yeah. see a lot of change and a lot of digital transformation around that because we do need that workload relieved. You know, we're all dealing with so many different tools. Um, so if you're in the market um, for a consultant that will actually work to protect your brand or will actually talk with you in a way to solve the problem, but in a way that would actually bring about more loyalty and trust from your clients, um, then you've probably found uh, the right home here with Elena and her team. So um, tell them how they can meet, uh, how they can connect with you. What's the best way to reach you? They can reach me directly at my personal email address, uh, Alina, E-L-E. And like Nancy A at Alida, A-L-E-A-D-A dot C-O. And I'm happy to reach out to them personally. Awesome. You can check them out at Alida Consulting also on LinkedIn. And if you have questions, send them on. I'll pass them on to her. And maybe we'll we'll have a, an uptick in some interest in really creating some meaningful digital transformation for these privacy issues. And you know, maybe you and I will actually get to be front row with popcorn to see some of this stuff change. Uh, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you for having me. It's been exciting to chat with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.